This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. The playlists for all the seasons of the show can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. All right, here we go. So Simon is on six. He's quick, which means that he... Which means that he redraws a card to five or lower, but so this is essentially the worst card Simon could pull. We're off to a great start. Hello, and welcome back once again to me, myself, and die. I am your intrepid host, game master, and player, Trevor DeVal. Uh, thanks so much for watching, thanks so much for continuing to watch, and um, by all means, if you like the show, don't forget to hit like and subscribe, and if you make a comment, and you know, the usual spiel about the Facebooks and the Twitters and all that stuff. Simon and his erstwhile Irish companion, or that's the accent anyway, Edbert had decided to go back to the necromantic temple for reasons of their own. Simon, because he thought that the temple might have something to do with the disappearance of his parents, which is a thread that he's following quite closely. And Edbert wanted to go because he believed that there might be some sort of answers to how he could exercise his ghost. Inside, there was the main temple area right at the beginning, and uh, that's where Simon and Edbert discovered there was a series of necromantic runes around a large altar, but more importantly, that altar was covered in blood, which indicated that there was some ritual currently being enacted right now by some still living or unliving denizen of the temple. Then they made their way to a storage area, which was a large room that was rent in half by some sort of cataclysm, basically causing a, a giant chasm to separate the two sections of the room. But that chasm had been bridged by a table. But on the inside of that storage area, they found a bunch of things like priestly supplies, things like this, uh, as well as some gems and jewelry lying about. Ooh, hooray. But they found a dying hunter who we have already established was the, um, the hunter who owned the cabin way back in episode two. Simon ran up, stabilized the hunter's wounds, and at that moment, this statue, we're just using that to represent the statue right now, was like a large skull in an alcove, basically. There was a strange keening wail that started to come off the statue. It emitted another spell, like a sleep spell, which caused Edbert here to fall asleep. This is his little ghost. Ooh, his ghost was freaking out. Ooh. At the exact moment that coming from down the corridor was the thing that was responsible for for covering all of these various altars in blood and enacting a ritual that was designed to create a magical barrier to keep the order of the purifying flame out of the temple. There are a group of paladins and clerics and such that are coming here to cleanse the temple. Simon knows nothing about these people, but we do. So we begin now with determining what is the thing that is coming for Simon, or specifically, I think, coming for the hunter, because presumably this hunter had escaped this thing as it's trying to enact the ritual. It escaped the thing and now the thing has, has tracked the hunter down, tracking his blood obviously down this way, and is coming up, or rather coming down this hallway here. We know from last session it's not a lich, but we need to know what this thing is. So I have an idea. He suspects that this temple had something to do with his parents' disappearance. He knows that his parents were taken by a great evil, a great evil in the woods. This might be the source of that evil. So my question is, the thing that's coming, is it in fact a hideous, mummified, undead version of his mother? Is that a thing? Let's find out. <laughs> 
the chaos factor was at six last time. I think because we ended it on a cliffhanger and everything is really ramping up out of control, we are gonna boost that chaos factor back up to seven. Is this thing that is coming, that is, that is uh, enacting the ritual, is it in fact Simon's undead mother that, you know, we don't know what happened. Maybe she got, the parents got captured, put in here uh, by some terrible ritual, were turned into undead guardians of the tomb. Ooh, that's horrible. But maybe it's the case. Let's find out. I'm gonna say it's, um, I'm still gonna say it's unlikely. I don't think it's actually her, but Chaos Factor 7, unlikely. It's a 55% chance of a yes, and we roll 52. Okay, all right. Well, we know the thing coming down the hallway is Simon's undead mother. She has been taken by the evil in this temple. We still don't know what the source of that evil is. And uh, turned, so she's obviously dead. Oh well, <laughs> she's been turned into some sort of hideous creature. We're gonna call her like, well, we'll call her a mummy. <laughs> Why not? Yes, uh, living up to her name in a very literal sense. We know that this creature, mummy, is uh, trying to enact this ritual. So I guess my next question is, does she still retain any of her intelligence? I'd probably say because she's a mummy, she's been turned into this horrible creature. I think it's probably very unlikely she has intelligence left. Does she have intelligence 84? No, she does not. So she is basically an undead automaton. That's kind of sad because I was hoping there might be an opportunity for Simon to be able to talk to her. But whatever happened to her, her living brain and personality is obviously completely subsumed by this undead thing. Nonetheless, Simon's undead mother tasked with performing sacrifices to uh, enact this ritual, protect the temple. So that means that the evil of this temple is what was responsible for turning Simon's mother into this. And also, where's the father? We don't know, maybe the father's around here too. But it also means that the power that is responsible for this could still be somewhere in this temple. That's something to keep in mind. Oh, also the, the, the ritual here uh, that, that Simon's mother is trying to enact is stronger. It's gonna be stronger because of the killing of the, the uh, sleeping hobgoblins in the, um, in the kitchens. So that means that if the Order of Purifying Flame actually does show up at some point during this, it's gonna be much harder for them to, to break the magical barrier, but we'll deal with that if it comes up. It might not. They might not show up uh, until long after Simon is dead, killed by his own mother. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. Let's get a mini for her. Oh, look at that. Oh, it's a Scottish mummy. Look at that. Well, no, his, his mother is not gonna have that accent. His mother is in fact gonna have the uh, accent because she's a mindless automaton. So we're gonna start the thing there. Simon hears this coming down. He turns it in the dim luminescence of this corridor. Again, the smell of rotten decay, very, very powerful here. He turns and he sees all the way down the corridor here. He sees his mother or something that was once his mother. Ooh, but she is desiccated and she's covered in these rags. Her eyes are all like completely black, but there's this hideous sense of evil magic radiating off of her. I think the first thing that's gonna happen here is Simon who turns to see her and sees and mother? He's gonna make a spirit roll, man. He's gotta make the equivalent of a guts check in Savage Worlds. And if he fails this, I think he's gonna be pretty staggered by this. He's gotta get four more on this one. He does. Oh boy, he's freaking out, but he's he, he realizes the immediate danger now. First of all, before we go any further with this, because this is gonna be some sort of a conflict, which I'm gonna guess because she's a mindless automaton, it's gonna be a violent one, as opposed to a nice conversation. 
Then he might get a chance to talk to his daddy if he finds him in here. <laughs> we'll see. I'm gonna be using this right here. This is the Fantasy Companion for Savage Rolls. This is also designed for the uh, Explorer's Edition. So this is an older version, um, uh, for an older version of the game, but it, it's all the same, basically. So this is a Guardian Mummy, which makes sense because she's an automaton. Where are we at right now? We've got the Hunter, who's gonna act on Simon's initiative, and we've also got Edbert. He's also gonna be on Simon's initiative, but right now he's he's asleep. So he's gonna have to be woken up by a large sound. So Simon's probably gonna have to deal with that. So, oh, we'll give a quick shuffle, because I don't know if we did this before. Simon's gotta fight his own mother. Oh boy, oh boy. And mom, if you're watching, this is no reflection on you. I don't see you as an undead monstrosity. I don't. But I love you, you see. All right, here we go. So Simon is on six. He's quick, which means that he, <laughs> which means that he redraws a card to five or lower. But so this is essentially the worst card Simon could pull. We're off to a great start. All right, and the mummy is on seven. Well, that's very close. So the mummy is principally going after the hunter, but sees you know, he's a new victim here. There's this ghost right there, which presumably the mummy can see. I'm not, Simon can't see the ghost. The mummy is going to run. So the mummy is going to move six, but it's going to run, which means that's its action. So it's going to roll a D4 because it's got a shuffling gate. Plus two, it's going to roll eight. Each of these little squares here are one inch. So he's going to, we'll start her right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Gets right up to Edbert, but can no longer act because uh, she's used her action. So Simon on six. So he quickly turns around and he looks anywhere he can to see if there is anything of use. Does he see anything? Well, first of all, we have to see if there is anything of use. There's four levels of treasure. Uh, trove, rich, worthwhile, and meager. Simply because we did roll gems and jewelry as part of the discoveries from the Perilous Wilds book, I'm gonna say this is a worthwhile treasure, which means that we already know that there's gonna be money, but money is not important right now. He needs to know if there's any, basically a magic item, if there's something of use. There is a 25% chance, according to this, that there's a, that there is a, 26. <laughs> Somebody wrote in the comments, hashtag Simon sucks. I am going to make a shirt or a mug or something called Simon sucks because clearly he does. Okay, well, <laughs> there's nothing of use. Was that his action? Uh, it was a quick perception check, so I think yes. I think to do like a full scan of the room, that was his action. So we are going to go back to initiative here. We have Simon, boom. Oh my God, he's back. <laughs> Hashtag Simon sucks. And the mummy lord is, <laughs> Mumsy is on the Joker. Well, Simon did yell in the previous round, Edbert, wake up! I'm gonna give him a roll to see if he can, I'm gonna do a vigor check for Simon to see if he can bellow at the top of his lungs, this was the previous round, to see if he can wake up Edbert so that Edbert can actually do something. We're looking for fours, looking for fours. <laughs> of course. First Benny of the game is spent. Boom. He's got to re-roll that because this is pretty important. Vigor check. Come on, buddy. There we go. Okay, so he does succeed. Edbert, get up! And Edbert ugh, rouses himself ugh, ugh. at the end of the round. He would have acted on Simon's initiative too, so I'm going to say that he sort of got up be right as this mummy was, was coming up. Now his ghost is freaking out as well. Nonetheless, the mummy goes first. So here's my question. Does the mummy see Simon across the way? Does it recognize her son? There's still a chance. I'm gonna say, ooh, this is, there's no way that this thing 
recognizes her son, but there's a chance. Here we go. Okay, Spectre 7, uh, no, it does not. Oh, here's a question. Does the mummy see the ghost? Is the mummy registering the fact that there's a, another ghost around this thing? And does that have an effect? That would make sense to me, 55. Yes, so it does see, oh, uh, but look at that. Look what I just did. I rolled 55, which is under our chaos factor. So we know that the, the mummy is going to definitely see the ghost and recognize this. That may have an effect on what it does. But before we get to that, we have our very first random event of the game. First of all, we do the event focus, which is 63, which is PC negative, naturally. Something bad happens to Simon. <laughs> PC negative. 23, judge, 57. Tactics, judgment of tactics. That means to me that Simon has made a crucial error. And I think the error he has made is turning his back on that statue. Something is about to happen. With that statue, something bad. It comes to life. Now, it, this is not this statue here. I've made it look like it's a big forearm skeleton just because that's the only mini I have. Anyone who wants to send me more minis to put in the show, just let me know. <laughs> There's this sound of rupturing stone and, and bits of masonry and dust begin to crumble from around the statue and the head bursts forward out of the alcove followed by an attached body with uh, forearm, well, yeah, sure, we'll call it forearms. I'm gonna be nice to myself and say that it does not attack on the Joker, that its whole round uh, basically bursts forward, coming to life. We're gonna come up with stats for this thing in a second. So the mummy has seen the ghost. I wonder if that has any effect. Does that mean that the thing is going to bypass Edbert? Remember, this thing is mindless. It's an automaton. It's just going through the motion, so it's not going to have any critical reasoning faculties. It's not going to say, no, wait a minute. I believe this ghost with this man means that it's not going to do that. It's going to... I think there's a very good chance that it's going to just ignore Edbert and go right for the hunter here. The hunter is stabilized, but as I said last uh, episode, really not able to fight because it's uh, he's, he's, he's in bad shape. The question is, does Mummy ignore Edbert and the ghost and try and go right to the hunter? Uh, 85 is a, yes. As it moves past Edbert, Edbert who's on his feet as of last round, he turns and he will get an attack of opportunity on this thing. Okay, Edbert, back on his feet, wham, hits with his longsword. He's rolling a fighting. He is not a wild card. By the way, some of you in the comments had asked if Edbert is a wild card and I said he's an extra and that's true, he is an extra, but I'll tell you what, because everyone seems to like this character so much already, if he survives this, well, we'll promote him to a wild card, which could frankly save Simon's bacon. Okay, so he is going to do his attack against six. He'll miss. <laughs> the thing gets up to the hunter. It needs to grab the hunter and move it back to, or move him rather, back to uh, the altar. So its purpose here, mummy's purpose here, isn't to kill the hunter, it's to grab the hunter. So what we're gonna do is we're going to do a unarmed attack, basically. This thing is gonna roll a D8, and it <laughs> it's gonna grab the hunter, no problem, I think. So the mummy bursts in over the table, comes up over here, immediately goes and grabs the hunter, and begin, then turns around as if to take the hunter away. Simon sees this, he, he's, he's got his longsword out, he moves up, and he slashes at the retreating mummy, at his retreating mummy. I can't believe that. So bizarre. So he is going to roll his fighting, and his fighting, as we know, sucks. He swings his sword, and he will miss, because the parry is six. Edbert, on the other hand, 
Edward's going to leap across, uh, go running across here and interpose himself here to try and attack. And he will miss because the parry is six. The ghost as well. Does the ghost have any interest in Edbert's self-preservation? Again, we don't know anything about the nature of this haunting. It is possible that the ghost actually wants to keep Edbert alive so that Edbert can atone. Let's find out. Luckily, we have the fate chart to answer these questions. I don't really know. I'm going to call it 50-50, and the answer is 60. So yes, the ghost has a vested interest in keeping Edbert alive. Basically, this is like a poltergeist, so all it can do is huck things. <laughs> So his ghost basically goes over here, grabs an item from these chests, some sort of maybe a giant like metal chalice or something, and hucks <laughs> this chalice at the at the retreating mummy. Now check this stuff out. The ghost attacks on a D12. Wow! And the mummy is going to unfortunately miss. So this chalice sails by Simon's head, smashing into the wall there. Now we go back to uh, initiative. Simon is on King and the baddies are on Jack. Simon, he's made a bad judgment of tactics. So I don't even necessarily think he's entirely aware. I'm gonna give him a quick perception. He does not. So Simon is unaware of this thing coming up behind him. Edbert, however, sees it, uh, but Edbert's pretty intent on blocking the area from the mummy, so Edbert is going to attack with his sword. He will miss. Ugh, he's unable to penetrate the mummy's defenses. Basically, he's trying not to hit the hunter because the mummy has got the hunter slung over her shoulder. Simon, who does not see the four-armed uh, statue behind him, also is going to attack. His fighting is a d6. He's basically got to explode. He will miss, unfortunately. And the ghost, once again, picks up another object and hurls it at the mummy and will hit. Yes. Now, the ghost does a d6 and a d4 damage. Now, here's the thing. This mummy has unbelievable toughness. Ten. The damage is eight, but that will explode because it's a four. Eight plus two is 10. So the ghost picks up some object and hurls it at the back of the mummy's head, which clunks it on the head, dislodging its desiccated undead brain for a second. It causes it to be shaken. Now, here's the thing. I want to know what exactly, as we take a little pause in this combat here, what exactly did the mummy throw? Well, we can find out. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to go to Book of Random Tables 3, and we're going to go to Items in a Chest uh, 79, which means... <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. A feather. <laughs> so sometimes when you're doing things completely randomly, you have to re-roll, because certain results just do not make any sense. <laughs> so instead... Oh, books! That's kind of cool. So the, the poltergeist goes over, it picks up this big tome and hucks it at the back of the, the mummy's head. Conk, which stuns it, shakes it for one second. Shaken is, of course, a spirit roll, and it'll roll D10. <laughs> okay. D10 plus two. I can't see any way that this would fail. <laughs> oh! One plus two is three. The mummy remains shaken. A little bit of good luck for Simon and friends for a change. Who, who knew? Meanwhile, this crazy animated statue over here, it is going to move up to Simon, its first obvious target. So even though Simon did fail his perception, uh, as this thing is moving towards him, basically, I, I think that Edbert would see it and he would just call out, Simon behind you, which just gives him a chance to avoid getting the drop on him. Because otherwise that'd be a plus four to hit and damage. And it just makes sense tactically here that that would happen. So it fights on a D6. 
and it will, oh, of course it'll explode. So it'll roll 10. He's gonna hit Simon with a raise, pow. This is the, the damage it does on Simon. Simon's toughness is six, and it does. Four against toughness six. It does not shake Simon. Simon's able to interpose his sword just at the last second and catch a piece of the blow, Crank. Now we go back to initiative, Simon and friends. Uh, Simon is quick, so he's gonna roll again. He, Simon's quick, so he draws. Again, seven, yeah, that's kind of sucks. And the baddies are on eight. First of all, the mummy is going to do the shaken test. A D10 plus two to resist. Plus eight is a success with a raise, which means it can immediately move. It is an automaton, which means it's going to blow past the two of them. But as it does so, these two are going to get a free attack on it as it goes one, two, three, four, five, six. It's actually going to technically run. Actually, before we do this, it does break shake. It does break shake, baby. But the question is, does it immediately just keep moving towards its objective, which is bringing the, bringing the sacrificial victim back to the altar somewhere? Or does it turn and attack? I think it's way too intently focused on its, its prey, 43. So no, it does not. It moves past the two of them. It's gonna run, gonna go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. But as it does so, it draws free attacks from. Now, as it's moving, they do get their gang up bonus. I may have forgotten that before. Each of them should be plus one fighting. First of all, Edbert at plus one is going to roll four, which he will miss. Simon, D6 fighting plus his wild die. These are both a plus one, potentially four, five. Also miss because the parry is a six. This statue is going to attack Simon as well. Uh, versus, versus Perry. Five, so he will hit Simon, boom. So it clocks Simon again for seven. His toughness is uh, six, so he will be shaken as the thing smashes him in the side of the head with its big stone clawed hands. And Simon ugh, is briefly knocked insensate, which brings us to our guys, so Simon, first of all, he's gonna do his spirit roll to see if he can get up from this thing. He succeeds, but not with the raise, so he does get up, but he's unable to do anything this round. So now the question is, does Edbert confront the closest uh, victim or does Edbert turn and run after the mummy? There's no way that he's gonna turn and run. Zero weight. <laughs> oh, he does. So <laughs> he says to Simon, I'm gonna go after her. You take care of that statue. And Simon's like, well, well, get the number of that truck. Uh, <laughs> okay, so he turns one, two, three, four, five, six. He's gonna have to run and he's gonna attack as a multi-action penalty. Eight, seven minus two is five. He will not connect. Bang, the ghost makes its way down the hallway going after Edbert because it's connected to him. So Simon and company are on King. The baddie's on nine. Simon is fully able to act. He swings his sword at this thing, Arr, trying to smash it. Oh, look at that, double exploders, boom. And he's gonna roll eights on both cases. He rolls his damage, five against toughness, seven. He will not do anything to that, bang. Meanwhile, over here, Edbert completely misses. The mummy is going to continue down the hall into the passage. So basically the mummy vanishes off the board for now. Over here, the skeleton rolls its fighting. We'll miss this time. Now we go back to Simon on six and four. And he's going to attack with his fighting of D6. And he's going to explode and he's gonna roll a 10. Uh, that is a hit with a raise finally against toughness seven. And he's going to roll four, eight, 12, which is eight, nine, 10, 11. That is 
enough to smash it. He finds the weakness, the seam in the statue, and he drives his longsword into it and kicks it back and it shatters into pieces. Does Edbert go after the mummy? He does not. So he runs back into the room. What, what, what was that thing? That was my mother. I was right. The evil that took them took them to this place. I have to stop her. I have to stop her. Now just hold on, hold on. You're in no position to go running after her. But, but she took the hunter. We have to go after the hunter as well. Just hold on a minute. We're going to go after that mummy of yours and the hunter. We're going to get that hunter back. But we are here to explore this place to see if there's anything of use. So let's find out if there is. Yes, yes, you're right. Quickly, quickly then. They are both going to search the room. Now, Simon did do a cursory uh, uh, examination. I asked if there was anything of uh, immediate use that he could see, the answer was no. But there might be stuff hidden in these chests, hidden uh, among these, uh, these piles of gems and jewels and coins. <laughs> but there's not a lot of time. So what they're gonna do is they're going to do a notice roll. They're going to search the room. Do they find any other interesting things in here? They do not. So there's just the money. The overall value is gonna be 500. So we're just gonna add that on. They basically grab the loot, the gems, the jewelry, the coins, and they stuff it in their pockets as they're looking around, but they're unable to find anything of value. Now the race is on to chase down the mummy. They flee the area and go racing back to the kitchens. The altar in the main chamber has already been covered in blood. The altar in the kitchens has already been covered in blood. We've established that there's going to be little altars through pretty much all the rooms. Presumably, the mummy is going back to take the, the sacrificial victim back to another room with another altar. And I'm going to say, just because three is a cool number, that once this mummy gets to the third altar and begins to cut into the hunter's body again to cover the altar in blood. It's going to complete the ritual, which is basically going to make the outside barrier, a magical barrier impenetrable to the order of the purifying flame, if and when they ever show up. They run back to the kitchens. The mummy is not in the kitchens. The mummy has gone off somewhere else. What do they find as they run into the next area? Uh, it is going to be... A five. It's going to be a common area with a discovery. An acolyte cell. Cell. An acolyte cell. So they're running down the corridor. Again, the dark, dank, stinking of rot. They come down a long, narrow corridor on either side or a series of doors. Some of them are open. They, they clearly lead to a very, very small contained acolyte cell. So like we're talking like one bed, uh, a simple closet, that kind of thing. Most of them are totally covered in dust. But there is a discovery here as they're racing through it. Two discoveries, okay? The first one is nine. A feature. The next one is, oh, look at this, Alter Dias platform. So, oh, this is good, this is good. They run past the Acolyte cells and they can see in each cell, there is a small little altar. These altars are everywhere. Now these are tiny little rooms, so there's not a lot of room in it, but as they run past the cells, I think this is one of the final altars in one of the Acolyte's chambers. So I think that they're gonna, they're gonna stumble across the mummy. But before they do, what's the other discovery? 10, a find, and it's going to be coins, gems, jewelry. As they make their way through the hallway, they can uh, notice a couple things. One, there is obvious that uh, there's, there's an open chest in here, and there's some money spilling out, gems, jewelry, you know, coins, that, that kind of stuff, which is great. But the other thing is they hear the sound of screaming from over here as the mummy here is about to begin the uh, finalization of this ritual. 
which will permanently seal this place. Permanently, I don't know if it's permanent, but will certainly make it much, much, much harder for the Order of the Purifying Flame to make their way in and maybe affect a rescue of our valiant heroes. Here's the question. Has just the power of this place by its own nature basically raised some of these dead priests from their cells to come to the aid of the mummy? That is very likely. And Chaos Vector 7, 25, yes. One of them at the door kind of opens here. One of them emerges there. Another door opens. Shambling out of this room are, you know, clad in old rotting black robes as they come out. So here's the thing. If the mummy gets a chance to finish the job, like cut open, uh, possibly even kill the hunter, probably kill the hunter, uh, on the altar here, then the ritual will be complete. So it is up to Simon and Edward to try and stop the ritual from happening before that happens. Basically, I'm going to make a roll every round, at the end of every round, to see if the mummy has completed the ritual. If she rolls an extraordinary yes on the fate chart, that means that the hunter has also been slain. And it's going to get more and more likely as the rounds go. So basically, they have to deal with these skeletons very soon. Here we go. Simon and company on King Baddies also on King, but in Savage Worlds, we count down reverse alphabetical, so they go first. First of all, Simon, ah, with his drawn sword, he runs up to one of these things, one of these skeletons just emerging, and he attacks it with his sword, and he's going to attack, and of course he misses. Ah! The skeleton comes out and basically dodges to the side. Simon's sword smashes into the old door. A puff of old rotting wood and dust explodes into the chamber. And meanwhile, Edbert, one, two, three, four, five, six, moves up and attacks this one. Its ghost comes in as well. Actually, its ghost is going to go in here, grab some treasure, and then come over here and huck it. It can't this round. Meanwhile, Edbert comes in swinging his sword. Swinging your sword, five will hit 2d8 damage because he is much better in a fight. Bang. Oh, 15 exploded, 15 22. So he comes up with two hands, brings his sword down on the skeleton and shatters it into pieces. That's more like it. Meanwhile, over here, the enemy, so this one is going to move up. One, two, three, four, five, and attack Edbert, ah! and it will miss. This one, coming out of the room, swings its claws at Simon. It rolls a d6 fighting. Simon's parry is five. God, of course it explodes. With an 11, uh, so that is a hit with a raise. Four, six, seven, eight, that is going to shake him, but not anything else. Meanwhile, the mummy. So the mummy has thrown this semi-conscious body of this male hunter onto the altar and has produced some sort of hideous sickle, right, with necromantic runes all, all along the side. It raises up the sickle and it begins to make a long incision in the hunter's chest right down the middle. Is this enough to complete the ritual? It is impossible that this is enough which means that there's a 15% chance that it is, because we're at Chaos Factor 7. Here we go. Does it complete the ritual? <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no! And is not an extreme yes. Oh, this is just awful. It is not an extreme yes, but it is a yes, which means the hunter is still alive, but the mummy rakes down his chest with the sickle. His blood <laughs> runs all the way down his chest 
into those necromantic symbols, uh, carved into the into the altar, and there is this sound, this deep thrumming sound. A cloud of blackness for just a moment expands through the chamber and then is gone again. Oh, bad, bad, bad news. The hunter is still alive, but the ritual has been completed. And from outside, perhaps, are the purifying flame, are they there at the precipice right now? I think it's very unlikely, but it's possible that they're uh, 94 uh, extreme. No. Okay, they're nowhere near this temple, okay? Which means Simon and uh, Edbert are basically stuck in here on their own because there is no help coming for them. Anyway, the ritual is completed. The barrier is sealed. Now, does this barrier mean nobody can get out? I don't know. We'll have to find out. The hunter is bleeding out and will eventually die if they don't do something about it. Our guys go on a two, but Simon's quick. Go on a six. Bad guys also go on a six. Diamonds. Uh, spades before diamonds in this case. So the enemies attack first. This skeleton here is going to attack Simon as he's still staggered from that blow and will miss. This skeleton attacks Edbert and will also miss. Meanwhile, the mummy. Does the mummy kill the um, hunter? Does it take its round to basically perform a coup de gras? I don't really think that's likely. The ritual is complete. It doesn't need to kill him. I think, uh, I think no way. Uh, 18. <laughs> Sorry, pal. <laughs> the mummy takes its sickle knife, and the hunter, uh, lying on, on the altar, blood flowing freely from his wounds. Uh, uh, he looks up at the mummy, and the mummy looks directly at him with its black undead eyes, and it takes the sickle and draws it neatly, cleanly, with one quick swipe across the hunter's throat. Blood gouts from the wound, and the life quickly fades from the hunter's eyes. <laughs> Hunter's dead. Wow, these dice really want to screw things up, don't they? Oh my god, I so can't believe you just throw that. And now it's our guys on the Six of Diamonds. Simon does a spirit roll to see if he can get back up. He does not. Ugh. Edward slashes at the skeleton in front of him. He will miss. We go into a new round now. Simon and company on nine. Enemies on three. Simon and company first. Simon once again trying to break his shaken status. Get up, Simon. No, he's unable to do it. Edbert swings his sword once again. Misses again. The poltergeist grabs the thing and comes back out trying to, it's just randomly grabbing items from the from the treasure to try and huck at the enemies. We go back to the enemies. This one on Simon is gonna roll. It's gonna miss. This one on Edbert is gonna roll. Ooh, six and nine. Uh, what is Edbert's parry? So it's gonna hit Edbert and it's going to do D6 and D4. Four will do nothing to Edbert. That was them and now, unfortunately, the mummy having just killed the hunter is going to go one, two, three, four, five, six. This is gonna be totally random. Uh, one to three, it's going after Simon, it does. And it's going to attack Simon, but it can't because it ran, so it used its action. So it basically shuffles through the hall uh, with its mummified hands coming after Simon. Now, mummies have something called mummy rot. So at any point, if it actually connects with Simon or Edbert, uh, that's potentially very, very bad for them. Imagine that, things are potentially very, very bad for them. You know, one day I have faith that something's going to go right for our, our beleaguered party. They just cannot get a break. Okay, um, new round. Simon and company on eight, baddies on four. Simon and company first. Simon, you must get up. You must, must, must get up. <laughs> I'm gonna spend the Benny to just come out of shaking. Boom, just like that. He's out of shaking, which means he can act. 
and he's going to slash this skeleton right there because he is also in combat with Edbert, which means that he's gonna get a plus one to hit. D6 uh, fighting plus one is gonna be six, which does hit him, yay! Damage seven against toughness seven, he will shake. Boom, finally something done. Edbert is going to attack that mummy. At a plus one to hit, he will hit with an eight. Now this is tough. The mummy has toughness 10. 2d8 against 10. We'll see. Here we go, Edbert. Hit this mummy. Nope, nothing done. (laughs) Blade cannot penetrate the mummy's toughness, which is brutal. However, this thing has, I think this thing has already grabbed something else. Yeah, it came out and grabbed something else. So it's gonna hurls it at the mummy. It will hit the mummy, but probably not do a whole lot of damage to it. Basically, these dice have to explode in order for anything good to happen. <gasps> okay, nine. <Ooh. laughs> okay, 15. 15. Oh, and 20 damage against 10 is going to be uh, so. Oh, awesome. 10 shakes it. 14 uh, will destroy. Oh my God, the poltergeist hurls an item at the moment. Okay, we need to know what this item is. Things found in a chest. Let's see what the killing blow is caused by. It is caused by... Oh, this is awesome! (laughs) Little does Simon or Edward know that the poltergeist goes in. It does not grab something from the chest. In fact, there is a desiccated corpse, one of the old priests who's lying there. The corpse has been miraculously preserved, except, you know, there's still bits of rotting flesh. The poltergeist rips the head off of the corpse, moves into the chamber and hucks the decaying head at Simon's mother. She looks up, the head hits Simon's mother's head and knocks her head off the body. Bang! And she goes down. (laughs) You know, the good thing about this emulator, you never know what's gonna come. Last round, I certainly hope. Queen versus four. Simon attacks right there with a plus one. There we go. Six and two is eight, plus one is nine. Parry's five, that's hit with a raise. He does 3d6 damage versus toughness seven. Here we go. Uh, that is uh, a nine, uh, 10, 11 versus seven. He smashes that skeleton to P says. Simon runs into the chamber and alas, the hunter is dead. The second thing he notices is of course, the glowing runes on the altar, glowing with sickening black light, pulsing like a heartbeat. He goes back and he sees the body of his mother, her mummified head. And I think in that moment, the head reverts back to its human form. That the spell is broken and the, the power that had consumed her and killed her and, and raised her again into this horrible thing now leaves and for one second her face just, you know, go from this rictus of, of pain and, and, and rage for one second just sort of relaxes into what almost appears as a peaceful look. Simon, I think, takes a second and breaks down at this. We have failed. We have failed to stop this ritual. I have failed to save my mother. I need to continue into this place to see what happened to my father. I don't know if that's such a good idea, Simon. This power has been activated. Who knows what else might now be awakening in this place. You were right back in the town to try and 
gain a priest. But there's no way we can deal with this on ourselves. For my part too, I don't think that that mummy was actually in charge of what was going on in this place. I think that she was compelled to do it by some power. That power is still obviously active here and I don't think we have the strength to defeat it ourselves. We should take that money in the other room now and run. I cannot leave this place until I know what happened to my father. I have to know if he is here. We're not gonna survive this place. We barely escaped this. If it wasn't for the help of my unseen friend here, he kind of twitches again. We got off lucky that time, mate. We've got to get out now. Does he convince Simon? I'm gonna give him a D4 persuade, you know. Cause hey, I did say that if he survived this, he's gonna become a wild card. So I'm gonna give him persuade at D4. He does not. <laughs> no, if you wish to go, that is fine, but I must continue. Edbert's a soldier. Edbert's used to following orders, but Edbert is also no idiot. He believes that if they do not leave this place now. They're going to die here. And he can see that Simon is obviously possessed with this burning need to discover what happened to his father. Understandable, his mother was turned into this terrible creature and now beheaded in front of him. So he, he understands that, but at the same time, he knows that if they don't leave now, that's it for them. He's not gonna let Simon go alone. Does Edbert crack him on the head from behind, knock him out, and drag him out of this place for his own good. I think it's somewhat likely here at Chaos Factor 7. Somewhat likely he does for his own good. Does he? He does. Simon turns. No, we must continue. I must find my father. Right. Well, lead the way then. Simon turns. Edbert takes his sword with the pommel and cracks him on the back of the head. <laughs> Knocking him out, Edbert grabs Simon and moves back down the hall, back to the kitchens after first grabbing the loot. Of course, he grabbed the loot. We're gonna figure that out in a second because he's not an idiot. <laughs> back to the temple itself and there when he sees the, the doors, the door, there's a still standing ajar, these wide stone thick granite doors. He can see in the fading light of the afternoon sky that there's a shimmering barrier between him and the outside world. It's almost like translucent. Everything on the other side of the barrier is just like these, these distorted shapes. And every now and then like a pulse, a pulse of black light sort of shimmers down like rain from the top of the door to the ground. Does this barrier prevent anyone from leaving or does it just prevent someone from coming in? But this is a big roll because if it prevents them from leaving, they're not getting out of this place, at least not by this exit. I don't think the barrier is two-way. I don't think it also prevents you from leaving. So I'm gonna say it's very unlikely that it prevents you from leaving. Does the barrier prevent them from leaving? 60 on 50, no it does not. Edbert takes Simon's unconscious body, moves through the shimmering barrier to the outside world, escaping the temple. Well, we dealt with the undead master, which turned out to be uh, uh, Simon's mother, who is now destroyed. And the Order of the Flame is far away. The, the Dying Hunter is now <laughs> dead. Our threads, the only thing, find out about parents. Well, that thread has been partly answered. We know that Simon's mother was taken and turned into uh, an undead automaton, but we don't know what happened to the father. So we're gonna change that thread. Search for Simon's father. And then in brackets in the temple because he thinks that's where he is. The Chaos Factor, I'm gonna bump it up to eight. 
Um, money. They did find some money in the Acolyte cell, so let's just find out what that is. It's probably not gonna be a lot. So there is a chance. Oh, look at this. There is a magic item. Ooh, let's see what it is. It is a nine. A crossbow. The damage bonus is one, so it has a simple edge to it as well. This crossbow, steady hands. So, as uh, Edbert is dragging uh, Simon out, he grabs a bunch of stuff from the Acolyte cells. It turns out there's 200 gold worth of stuff, and also this crossbow, really good looking crossbow, but you can tell that it's really, really well made. <laughs> Maybe Edbert's going to present the crossbow as, as a mea culpa from knocking him on the head and, and uh, having him escape this place. I think this thing should have a name. We don't know if we're going to discover the name right now, but it should have a name. What's a cool name? Actually, I'm gonna put it out to you guys. <laughs> What's a cool name for this crossbow? What's a cool name for this crossbow? It does more damage a little bit, but it also gives you steady hands so that you are you can fire on the move or you can fire from an unstable platform. What is the name of this crossbow? I'm gonna put that out there for you guys. Uh, if you have any ideas, put them in the comments below. And uh, if I like one of them, I'll uh, put it in the show. So that brings us to the end of this scene and the end of episode seven. Simon is still alive, although he's been cracked on the head. He is not gonna be very happy with Edbert when, uh, when he wakes up to discover that, that he's been pulled out of the temple before he could discover what happened to his father. He's gonna be very, very, well, we're gonna see what happens in the next episode between him and Edbert. Presumably, Edbert's going to take him back to town, to Hundatora, to regroup and possibly go and find another member of the priesthood who could help them. Maybe they're gonna wind up Meeting the Order of the Purifying Flame. There is a chance that those guys, girls, people, whoever they are, even if they're humans, I know nothing about them, but we might meet them in the next episode. I have no idea, but you might. If you tune in next time to me, myself, and die, don't forget, if you like this episode and all the episodes, hit like and subscribe down in the, in the below part, down in the below part, and we will see you next time for the continuing adventures of Sucky Simon. 